Welcome to the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. We're dispensing stories of success from across the continuum of care. I'm your host, Hillary Blackburn. Thanks for joining us to learn from leaders throughout the pharmacy industry. This podcast is sponsored by TheraWorks Relief. Many of you get sore, achy legs from standing all day or get asked about painful foot and leg cramps. If so, you're going to want to hear about TheraWorks Relief, a clinically proven topical foam that prevents and relieves muscle cramps and soreness. Learn more at theraworksrelief.com. Hey listeners, in today's episode, we're going to be talking about how to spark joy. That's right. Dr. Jessica Louie is a pharmacist who is also certified as a Conmarie consultant. So many of you probably are familiar with The Art of Tidying Up by Marie Kondo. So you'll get to enjoy hearing a little bit more from Dr. Jessica Louie about how she helps pharmacists and others with burnout and to declutter. All right, so today we have a special guest on the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast, critical care pharmacist and Clarify Simplify Align founder, Dr. Jessica Louie. Dr. Louie is the CEO of Clarify Simplify Align, is a declutter and burnout coach, professional organizer, and certified KonMari consultant who helps busy professionals and women gain clarity of their purpose simplify and declutter their home and minds and align their work into their lives with simple processes to avoid overwhelm, lead with confidence, and curate lives they love. She is a doctor of pharmacy degree owner, has her advanced practice pharmacist license, and is board certified in critical care. Jessica, welcome to the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. Thank you for having me, Hillary. Well, thanks for joining us. And now that our listeners have heard just a little bit about your background, uh, maybe you can fill in some gaps from that intro and maybe share a little bit more about your personal life. Yes, of course. So I am Dr. Jessica Louie, and I'm really passionate about helping people find confidence to live intentionally. And I think that this helps create meaningful contributions to the world, you know, in pharmacy or outside of pharmacy. And, you know, I'm a University of Southern California graduate. I stayed in Los Angeles area after completing a residency at University of Utah in critical care. And I'm an assistant professor at West Coast University School of Pharmacy. I'm originally from the Midwest, and I really enjoy, you know, practicing in the academia world and being able to reach beyond the classroom with some of my businesses. Wow. Well, you definitely are staying busy, Jessica. Well, first, let's talk a little bit more about your role as a critical care pharmacist uh, and your your faculty appointment, because that is is uh, your full-time work. And then I'd love to dig in a little bit more, as I'm sure the listeners are very excited to learn more about what you're doing with the Clarify, Simplify, and, and Align. So first, let's talk more critical care and what it's like to be a critical care pharmacist. Yes. So I've been a critical care pharmacist for the past four years. So graduated in 2013 and pursued a PGY-1 residency in pharmacy practice at University of Utah. 
and stayed on for my PGY2 in critical care. So that's how you know I got into the field. And then later on, I then pursued my board certification in critical care. And I think that you know, it's a great field to get into. I loved hospital practice, and I thought that critical care was one way where I could really impact a lot of patients because it's still a broad setting um, because my other interests lay in solid organ transplant and cystic fibrosis, which can be a little bit more specialized and have, you know, smaller impact on that special patient population. So that's how I got into it, and I really enjoy the surgical ICU and the medical ICU. And right now, as faculty, I practice at a level two trauma center, community hospital setting, which is a little bit different than practicing in a big academic medical center that I previously come from. Yeah, interesting. And Jessica, at your hospital now, are are you rotating through some of the different uh, ICU areas? I know... um, a lot of times there might be different sections as you you describe medical ICU or surgical or cardiac. Um, is what is the the setting that you're most in right now? So I can take care of all of the ICU patients. It's you know a smaller ICU of less than twenty beds, so it's a mix of surgical, medical, cardiac type patients. But I would say that my main focus is really teaching and fostering the environment for the students. So I'm really focused on either IPPE students or mostly APPE students, either in the hospital setting and internal medicine type rotations or academia rotations with myself, you know, learning how to go onto the academia track. And then I spend a lot of time at the university with teaching responsibilities and service responsibilities and transitioning into more of a well-being advocate within the school as well as my role as a critical care specialist. Wow. All right. So that's that's very helpful and it kind of helps set the stage. And so most everyone has probably heard about the Marie Kondo or about her at this point. She had a Netflix uh, sensation at the beginning of the new year when everyone's kind of trying to clean out and and uh, declutter and and make donations to Goodwill, etc. Um, but how did you become trained in the KonMari method, and and how did you really find a passion and interest in in decluttering? Because you've you've had this. Uh, certification for, you know, obviously longer than uh, the Netflix kind of new craze has come out in the beginning of 2019. Speaking of education, are you aware of the 2014 drug disposal of controlled substances ruling that regards safe disposal of unused medications? Well, we're lucky to have RX Destroyer sponsoring the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. RX Destroyer ready-to-use chemical drug disposal systems are safe, easy, and affordable products, which protect the environment and can save thousands in fines. To get more information on products, training, and medication waste compliance, check out www.rxdestroyer.com slash talk to your pharmacist. Yes, definitely has become a a lot bigger exposure with the Netflix show. Uh, But, you know, it really actually goes back to my own burnout story in pharmacy that has gotten me into the Marie Kondo method and being certified as a KonMari consultant. So I can go briefly through that process and, you know, how it really changed my life. Uh, So 
you know, back in 2013, 2014, I was a resident and, you know, I experienced burnout at that time, but I didn't know what to call it because I wasn't aware of, you know, what was going on. You know, I had really unclear goals, you know, and I was experiencing a lot of the classic symptoms of exhaustion, you know, physical and emotional exhaustion, you know, bringing work home and really getting used to the acuity of the patients. And we were, you know, a high level center where, you know, there was a lot of death in the ICUs. So there was a lot of, you know, emotional exhaustion related to that. And, um, you know, I had a lot of low self-efficacy really as I transitioned into my first career as faculty after pouring a lot of hours into research and prospective and retrospective trials that were not published. It, you know, it took a very long time for those things to get published and have public data on them. So I was really coping with a lot of this increased stress by accumulating physical things, hmm. a cluttered home, a bulging closet, um, more credentials after my name and things like that. And I really felt burnt out from all those scattered goals. So I had some life, life events happen where my family member, you know, died at a young age suddenly. And, you know, I really learned that I need to live more intentionally and really more present, you know, surrounded by people that really spark joy and things that spark joy that led to a more intentional, joyful life with less physical clutter and emotional clutter. So, um, I really found Marie Kondo's life-changing books. I read them. I applied her method to my own home. And then I applied her method to the rest of my life. So I really became more intentional about my health, my well-being, my relationships, my finances. And then, you know, I really think that my family saw the change. And my friends saw the change. So I helped them through the same process in their homes. And that's, you know, how it eventually grew into this full-time business um, where, I started my own process back in 2015, 2016. And then over the last couple of years, it grew and Marie Kondo came out with official certifications then where it was officially certified then in 2018. Wow. That, that is a really remarkable story. And I don't know that I have heard of any other, certainly pharmacist that is certified in the KonMari method. But do you know how many people in the U.S. even have that certification? It seems like there may not be that many. Right. There's about 130 certified KonMari consultants in the United States. There's about 220 consultants worldwide. So it is a worldwide program. And, you know, it is a, a long process of the certification with training with Marie Kondo and her team, uh, practice clients and exams and things like that. So um, it definitely, there's not enough coaches and consultants for the need that's out there, um, but it definitely is great to see that people are embracing the method and applying it to their homes and yeah, to their lives. That's, that's amazing. And so Jessica, as you went through this process personally, and then it that kind of expanded into family and friends, how did you decide to, to create your your um, platform or your, or your business, Clarify, Simplify, Align? So Clarify, Simplify, Align, you know, really was born out of a need where I had helped myself heal from burnout and then helped some of my close friends and family members, you know, heal through that process. So I wanted to create a business back in early 2018 that really aligned with what I was doing. So I had two other businesses that I had created and 
you know, I love them and they taught me a lot of how to run a small business and be a business owner. Um, but I wanted to transition into something that really um, helped people, you know, clarify their purpose and their values, because I think that was one of the first steps where I was unclear about at the beginning. And then really think about how we could simplify our lives because there's so many, so much noise and so many distractions in our lives nowadays that we really want to buy back some more energy and more time. So I wanted to create, you know, that simple process where you go through clarification, then simplification, and then you can align your entire life together where you really build in that self-confidence, that mindfulness um, and things like that. So that's where it came about. And, you know, I help people both in person through that declutter coaching and, uh, and virtually with burnout coaching. So we really can, you know, work side by side and I'll be your accountability partner through everything. And so Jessica, who are, you know, your typical clients or people that are coming to you? Are they pharmacists? Are they students or non-pharmacists? Just, you know, do they know that they have burnout or do you, are you seeing just like you mentioned, you're like, I didn't know what to call it whenever I was experiencing burnout myself. Do you think there we're creating enough awareness about what burnout is so that people are starting to identify it and start to, you know, seek solutions? Yes, I definitely think there needs to be a little bit more discussion around the topic of burnout. In terms of the people coming to me, I would say there's a mix. You know, it can be pharmacists, other healthcare professionals. You know, most of my family is in the health profession and physician world, so I'm very familiar with the processes. And then, you know, just, you know, general public as well in terms of they are either looking to apply the KonMari method to their own lives or, you know, when they're looking for burnout coaching, they're really, you know, overwhelmed. They don't really feel that they're getting off this hamster wheel of life and they're kind of frazzled and, you know, they may turn to their institution, their organization that they work for first for help. But many times those organizations don't have the necessary resources in place, at least not yet. I know that when I left residency, the Wellbeing and Resiliency Center was formed after I left. And, you know, sometimes also people are not comfortable talking in the work environment about these problems and challenges in their personal lives. So, you know, bringing in an outside external person can be helpful then to coach them and see, you know, what is going on, what can we change and make, you know, little baby steps to reach a certain goal. So I think that it is a mix. I definitely would love to see more pharmacists who need help getting the help they need so that they stay in the profession. Because I think, especially in critical care where I work and with my work in the Society of Critical Care Medicine, SCCM, we are losing a lot of critical care professionals to burnout. And, you know, it's unfortunate because you train so many years for this specialty and it's really difficult to replace these people. And, you know, we want to keep the people in the profession that want to stay. Um, That makes total sense. And, you know, Burnout was one of the big topics at APHA's annual meeting. I know anywhere in the pharmacy profession, at least there's there's just more discussion about it. But people like you and and others that are coming out with with resources is really helpful. And you mentioned uh, was this at the University of Utah that 
establish the well-being and resilience center or okay, interesting. Yes. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I haven't haven't heard of of it any other centers like that that have been kind of popping up. I know that, you know, a lot of times the workplace will offer like life coaching or balance or or different things like like that, but I think that you the the methods that you're bringing are just really practical and can help just as you described like decluttering their life and decluttering their mind so that they can have that sense of purpose and so many people are are kind of falling into that helplessness cycle so what would you say is kind of you know the the first step in i guess you know like or somebody that would be a really good candidate like to get some uh some help with uh, decluttering and and uh, simplifying some of their lifestyle. So I think that you know someone who is going through burnout or just a really high stress time in their life, you know the person that would be great to start the process is really anyone and just someone who is going to commit the time mm-hmm. to making it happen because we need to carve out time in our schedules to commit to reaching these goals and it doesn't happen overnight and you know i tell a lot of my clients who are really focused on the konmari method and the decluttering of physical items that we didn't accumulate everything mm-hmm. that we own overnight it usually took years to decades possibly to accumulate all those things and they won't go away overnight unless you throw away everything which you know we're not going to do because you know we cherish a lot of those things that we own so it you know it can be you know a three to six month process and we have to commit you know to those daily things on our schedule to set our goals and then weekly so that we can get there. And I think that it's also really important to know that you're not alone, that if you're feeling these things and you know feeling helpless right now, that you're not alone and other people really understand what you've gone through and hopefully more people talking about their own stories will destigmatize you know, mental health and burnout so that people can seek yeah, the resources definitely. that they need. So, um that was helpful to also share a little bit more about the time frame that it that it is a commitment and it's not something that's going to happen overnight as a quick fix but having an accountability partner like you um that can kind of help and walk through the journey would be incredibly helpful as they are you know moving away from that stress decluttered type of mindset to um, getting that sense of purpose and, and letting things go and only keeping the things that spark joy. So, um, that, that was really helpful. So Jessica, we've talked a lot about, um, some of the heavy things, uh, you know, burnout and, and decluttering and, and a lot of that stuff is, is hard. Um, and, but what are some of the things that you see that excite you about the future of pharmacy? So I think pharmacists, you know, have so much potential and we're so well trained and, you know, it's just getting out there. And I think increasing our public relations, our PR image, you know, as a profession, I think that 
we have been divided in the past. And I think, you know, coming together as a profession to show our value and really focus, in my own opinion, on preventative care. So I see some of the worst of the worst happen in the intensive care unit. I see you have a hospital. And I think a lot of that could be prevented. And I think that focusing on preventative care, being proactive instead of reactive in our healthcare environment right now is very important. And as we transition into that and focus on that, you know, there's going to be a lot more opportunities in ambulatory care settings and in other settings for pharmacists to work in. I personally have a passion for post-ICU syndrome, which is similar to PTSD from the ICU. And I have a passion for transitioning patients out of the ICU and how they're going to have different quality of lives, you know, over the next three to 12 months after they're out of the ICU. And I think that, you know, being able to realize that transitions of care and ambulatory care are, you know, big fields we can really be more involved in will be helpful. Um, And just be really open-minded about new learning opportunities that might present themselves because there's a lot of things in healthcare that we can add value to. It's just taking that first step and showing that we're capable of doing it and we have a voice to do it. And, you know, I just learned something. I wasn't as familiar with the post-ICU syndrome and um, that makes perfect sense. The whole transition from out of the hospital and transitioning from out of the ICU um, would be a great place for pharmacists to insert and, and provide that value. So I agree with all of the, the different things that you mentioned about opportunities for the future of pharmacy. So thanks for sharing that. And I, I think that, that there's a lot of fun things ahead for the profession and certainly um, having some great advocacy and, and um, sharing great messages like you are can help unite and support the profession to do that. So Jessica, as our final question, what is some advice that you would tell your younger self or for other pharmacists who are just getting started in their career? I would tell my younger self to, you know, really know the why behind your desire to enter pharmacy school and be open-minded to different fields and trying out different fields. You can work you can work as an intern or you can volunteer in different fields, but you know, I personally tried out community pharmacy, volunteered in Amcare clinics and underserved populations, you know, was an intern in a hospital setting. So, you know, there's lots of opportunities. You just need to make the most of each one. And the final thing I would really recommend to students is to not let your career or your job title define you. Uh, who you are as a person, uh, because I think that, you know, we worked for so many years, you know, most of us six to eight or nine years of training, and we can really get lost in, you know, the job title and our career, you know, being the main portion of our lives. But we're so much more than that as human beings. And um, I really encourage people to, you know, have passions and hobbies outside of pharmacy that they love and they can contribute to, you know, throughout their, I you know, love lives. that. Uh, that is such great advice. Don't let your job title or career define you, that you've got to have passions and things outside of pharmacy to be able to, to you know, be involved in your community and, and be a leader there. So Jessica, such great advice. And it was such a pleasure to have you as a guest on the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. 
Thank you so much, Hillary. And if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to check out the show notes at www.pharmacyadvisory.com. And to hear more from Dr. Jessica Louie, check out www.drjessicalouie.com. She has a free consultation webinar available on her website. And another special thanks to our sponsor, TheraWorks Relief, for muscle cramps and aches available in most pharmacies across the country. And be sure to follow us on Instagram at Talk to Your Pharmacist. Thanks for listening to this episode of Talk to Your Pharmacist, produced by the Pharmacy Advisory Group. If you liked this episode, let us know by subscribing to the podcast, rating, and reviewing it. Share it with friends. And if you want to be a guest or know a pharmacist leader who has a great story to tell, connect with me, Hillary Blackburn, on LinkedIn and check out our Facebook page, Pharmacy Advisory Group, for updates on new podcasts. Thanks for listening.